ever did, he did with a smile on his face. Or at least in his heart. Hebrews 12 opens this way. Seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finish of our faith, who, notice, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despised the shame, sat down at the right hand of God. Hmm. Why did Jesus give the ultimate sacrifice? Because it gave him joy. gave him joy. Well, I think it's a little bit of an exaggeration to say he had a smile on his face. But it gives us a good image to think of Jesus going to the cross with a smile on his face. Maybe it didn't show, probably didn't. But certainly the smile was in his heart. When you think about service, joy has to come to mind. Because that's what it says about Jesus. And so for a few minutes, we're going to think about Jesus, the servant, with a smile. Now, I have an image that I want to give you that maybe will help you recall the lesson. Okay? No. A towel has an interesting place in our society. It has a place in our society because it is an image that brings things to our minds. So, for instance, it is a demonstrative image. Now, those of us who are sports fans, what was his name? John, the coach, Georgetown's basketball team. John Thompson. All the time, right? How about UNLV? Remember that guy? He would keep. I know I've lost you ladies, I'm sorry. <laughs> Some of you. He would keep towels wet next to him. And all during the game, the coach, he would chew on it. And so when I see a towel, I see one draped over somebody, and I think of John Thompson. Because it just was used to demonstrate something. But 
I would also say that towels are not just demonstrative, they are decorative. I wonder if your house is like mine. Went to the hall bathroom one time. My wife went in later and she said, those towels in there, were you using them? <laughs> I said, well, yeah, they were hanging there. I needed one. They're not to be used. What? <laughs> it's a decoration. Give me a Take out the trash. Oh, 
Okay. Did he do something? Yeah. Was it out of love? I don't think so. Unless it was love for himself not getting beat. service that you know about in this text and that described his entire ministry was a service rooted in love. Not just responsibility without his compassion. It's just love. Now, do you want a definition for love? Love's hard to define, isn't it? Tough because what do you say? Well, let me help you. I, I do this in my premarital stuff with couples or with college students or whatever, and I like this definition, which is a negative definition of love, okay? Here it is, see if you can pick it up. Love is not the feeling you feel when you feel a feeling you ever felt before. Got it? They it back. <laughs> okay, I'll go, I'll go slow. Ready? Love is not a feeling that you feel when you feel a feeling you never felt before. That could be gas. <laughs> right? In fact, we talked about the importance of informing our emotions. Love is a commitment. Love says, I choose to. I know that because God told the Jews, you love me. You can't force somebody's emotions. But you can inform them of what you expect and that information will get to their emotions if they will comply. When you say, I love you, I choose to love you, you are informing yourself of the commitment you have made, and over time, if necessary, it will get to my emotions because I said, I love you. Love is the undergirding point of all service that Jesus did. Number two. Jesus, let's see. Verse, let's see. Oh. Um, he rose from supper. Real service can be done anywhere you happen to be at any time. He didn't wait for some big public event. He didn't think that there was another opportunity better than this one. Wherever he was at the moment, that's where he served. And he says that real service, by his example to us, defining real service, he is saying, wherever you are, you can serve. Doesn't matter. Now, 
you can serve in this church, in this place. It doesn't matter if there are about 500 people here. <clears throat> you can serve in this church. So Jesus is saying, real service happens wherever you happen to be. Number three. He laid aside his garments and took a towel and murdered himself. Real service is personal. Now, I'm not going to disparage or denigrate the kind of service that says, well, as a church, we sent money over there to help those people in flood times. That's a good thing to do. Nothing wrong with that at all. But I am willing to say that if the only service you are ever involved in for the Lord is the group service of what the church chooses to do, then you're not doing what real service is all about. Real service is personal. Remember, it's wherever you are. Guess what? The church is never everywhere that you are. It's never everywhere that I am. And so, if I'm not personally involved, then there are places where the church won't be involved in service. It's personal. I need to take it personally. Verse 5. When he took that water and he started to wash Sometimes service is menial and even disgusting. I love my in-laws. I got great in-laws live across the street. But they're in a bad place right now. We've had to do some disgusting things. do it. Why? Because I made a commitment to love them, right? And because they're right there. The church isn't right there. I'm right there. And I had to do it personally. I'm not going to pawn it off on somebody else. When these people walked around all the time on those dusty roads. They didn't have socks. They didn't wear socks. Now, I wonder if socks have really hurt us. You know, socks just hold the stink in. At least if you got sandals on, you're able to breathe. But I guarantee you they're dirty. Now, some people don't like feet. Don't touch my feet. I'm not touching yours, people say. Jesus said, I'll do it. You know what's interesting about this event? The custom of the day was that every host had a bowl of water and a towel for a guest 
to clean off his feet. Now remember this. Jesus had sent, we don't know who I don't think, <coughs> disciples ahead of him to prepare for this meal they're about to eat. You remember the story, right? He sent them ahead and they prepared everything, didn't they? They had food to eat. They had what Jesus was going to use as the Lord's Supper beginning. And guess what they had? They had a bowl of water and they had a towel. They prepared. But everybody was sitting around. And nobody did anything. They prepared for somebody to do it. But whoever went ahead, whichever disciples he sent ahead to get the room ready, they never thought, oh, that's going to be my job. I have to clean their feet. Hmm. Interesting. That's almost back to the personal thing. If you're willing to save yourself some disgusting things and paying somebody else to do it every single time, maybe we need to repay. So Jesus did what was meaningful because that's what happens. Real service creates a challenge to come he came to Peter and Peter said, Wait, Lord, are you washing my feet? I think he had the same attitude that John the Baptizer had. When Jesus came to John and says, You're, you're going to baptize me. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I need you to baptize me. He was out of deep respect for who Jesus was. And he said, no, 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 no. I'm not worthy. You baptize me. And Jesus said, oh, no. No. It's been prophesied. This is how it has to be. Okay, I'm good with it. And I think Peter really had this mentality. No, 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 no. You ever been uncomfortable in service? Now, I'm not talking about uncomfortable being a servant. I'm talking about, have you ever been uncomfortable being served? I have been a Christian for 32 years. And in that time period, not working. Yeah. Not working. Not working. But, again, she was nice. Okay. I've spent 
many hours, many of them children off, working on other people's stuff. I mean, I put roofs on, done porches, uh, trees. The Eubanks during that storm had trees fell on their house. We went down and spent all the day getting those trees off their house. I mean, I've done that for years because you know what? I enjoy it. Number two, that's just what Christians do. One day, I had been working on my roof. The shingles were really bad and on the back side of my roof. I had been working on it and patching it and doing all kinds of stuff. And, and all of a sudden, a group of men showed up and they're going to fix it. I said, oh, look at my, my roof. And they said, oh, oh, yeah, we are because your wife calls. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, she doesn't want the front of the roof, the shingle line. To look like the shingle line you created on the backside. <laughs> I get that. <coughs> you know, I would rather spend a week working on somebody else's house than letting people work on my house for a day. It's uncomfortable. But we have to allow people, as they say, their blessing. Right? It's gone again. Go for it. So I should say, it's interesting 
Remember what they said about it when the, the woman came and had a dinner and had brought extensive ointment. In fact, the scholars say it was ointment that was so expensive it was one year's wages. And she took that and poured it on his head, on his feet, and began driving with her hair. And Judas stepped up and said, what are you doing? I mean, we could take that money that cost, that was spent, and we could give it to the poor. As though that was some great magnanimous thing that Judas was saying. But then the text says he liked to carry the money, and he stole from the money that the group was given to support themselves while they were walking around preaching. Judas could not learn real service because it was too materialistic. I think sometimes people can't be servants because they're already being served by their stuff. And so he threw in the towel. He betrayed Jesus. And then he killed himself. Philip Morrison wrote a book many years ago called Who Moved the Stone? Great little bitty book. And about the resurrection. And he surmises the possibility that Judas had bought into what Acts 1 says about the disciples when Jesus is about to be ascended. Will you now restore the kingdom of Israel? That they were thinking about the earthly kingdom. And he surmised the possibility that Judas Iscariot looked at the situation and said, I've been with him for three years. He's not doing anything to start a revolt over the Romans. So if I betray him, I know he has an army up in heaven who's going to come fight. And if I betray him and deliver him over, they'll go ahead and start the war. But when Jesus did not respond that way, when he said, I call. 10,000 angels. But he didn't. Judas then goes, uh-oh. I was wrong. And so he threw the towel in. He quit. If you've ever tried to serve somebody and they laugh at you or spit in your face or reject you or are not kind or don't say thank you, don't throw the towel. Don't quit. Don't stop. Just keep serving. Number two, you can use the towel, the towel of wives and preachers, that while they preach, they're doing this all the time. Constantly. That's what John Thompson was doing. He can have that every day. He's wiping off the All the time. I feel sorry for people sweat that bad. I didn't get me. But I know what they're doing, toweling off. You be like Peter, and you can towel off. Peter failed. <laughs> Man, he failed. When he failed, he didn't throw in the towel. He picked it up and toweled off himself. Think about Peter. For just a minute. In John 13, 
Jesus came to it. He said, uh-uh, you're not going to wash my feet. Jesus said, okay, fine. But if I don't wash your feet, you have nothing to do with me. Okay, wash my whole body then. That's one of the best ways to describe Peter. That one event. Then everything Peter did was mountain or valley. Think about it. He was walking on the water, mountain. Quit looking at Jesus and saw the water, battle, went into the water. Then that's Peter. That's the kind of guy he was. When he came to the garden, the soldiers came to arrest Jesus. What did Peter do? He pulled out his sword. He's ready to fight. Jesus said, I'll put it away. Put it away. But when he came to the courtyard, he was too timid to say, yes, I know him. In that courtyard, three times, Peter, in a private scenario, basically said, I don't know the guy. He cussed a little bit, sounds like. Remember when Jesus finally was about to be ascended, he's with his disciples, and he said to Peter, you love me? Oh, yeah, Lord, I love you. Peter, do you love me? Well, yes, Lord, I love you. Peter, do you love me? I said, I love you. Peter denied it three times. Jesus gave him three opportunities to say, I love you. He canceled out each denial with each statement of love. Jesus helped him. And this guy who denied Jesus right there in private in Acts chapter 2 stood up and announced his conviction to thousands of people. You know why? Because he was willing to tattle off. There's not one of us that's free of guilt. Not one of us that's free of trouble. Not one of us who doesn't carry around baggage. But every one of us can be just like Peter. And we can tattle off. The final is these are the marching orders for you Let's pick up the battle. Let's take it up. Just like those first century Christians. <coughs> They picked up the towel in spite of the few numbers of people they had. Have you noticed or thought about the comparison between Jesus' entire ministry, multitudes were following him. In fact, there were so many, they drove them off of the, the land and into a boat because they were just trying to get close to him. Acts 1 verse 15. Now, the number of disciples in those days, this is just 50 days. 50 days after the crucifixion. The number of disciples, 120. Where had the multitudes gone? They could have been discouraged. 
We used to be a big crowd. We used to, and everybody's gone. Maybe we should go too. No, no, they took up the time. They stayed together because they needed to be together. They're the only ones left that were willing to stand for the Lord that they thought they had lost. And 3,000 eventually. And then multitudes and multitudes and multitudes start coming back. Because they didn't mind the numbers. They took up the towel because they didn't mind that the authority said in Acts 4 and in Acts 5, stop preaching Jesus. They took up the towel, preaching anyway. And they didn't mind in Acts 8. When Saul started a whole bit of persecuting Christians so badly that he drove them out of the city, they picked up the towel, verse 4, and the Bible said, and they went everywhere preaching the gospel. The persecution did not stop the spread. It caused the spread of Christianity. You know why? Because they did not throw in the towel. In fact, they toweled off with their own guilt. And they took up the towel and said, we will serve. So, Christian, put a smile on your face, or at least put a smile on your heart, and carry the joy of Jesus. And every time we have an opportunity to serve, remember the power. If you need people to pray and help you tonight, if you need this church to stand with you for something, missing your life, or even if I had someone respond once and said, I just want to let everybody know that the prayers have worked and good things are happening in my life. You know, if you need to say something like that, I'd be fine to. Certainly we're here to help, as we're saying so. I have decided